Who never do for do? Yeah, wings with friends. Ah, wings with friends. You got to get the wings to be with the friends. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Wings with Friends. I'm your host, Mary Upchurch. Happy quarantine, everybody. I feel like it's almost over. We're getting through it. Hopefully, Wings with Friends is helping you through this shutdown. Um, and I'm really excited to have a guest for you today, all the way from Florida. Florida, <laughs> please welcome Jay Rand. <laughs> Hey, you know, it's funny. You hit record right when I put a wing in my mouth. I was like, oh, no, now we're talking. I got food in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes Dang that. Dang it. <laughs> That's actually some ASMR stuff right there, probably, right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Jay Rand, you are a man of many talents. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What makes you special? What makes me special? Um, I've always been famous for being almost famous. Like, I've had so many almost moments. I was in a boy band that was only famous in Germany. And then I then I got signed to a record label and I was on the radio only in Florida. And then I did, like, TV shows that got canceled. So I've always had, like, a lot of almost moments. So I always say I'm almost famous. <laughs> Fantastic. So would you consider, like, how do you label yourself? Are you a triple threat? You're an actor, a comedian, a musician, I know how I label myself. Uh, I would just say I, I say comedian now because, but but um, I'm just I'm just an entertainer. Like I, I act, I sing, and I've done stand up. So an entertainer, you know that's really good. I think that's really nice, especially because you have other skills. Uh, <laughs> I'm super jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so you're super versatile. If you could make it in one of your passions. Which one would it be? If you could only choose one, this is the one that's going to do it. You're going to do this for the rest of your life. Which one would it be? I think ego-wise, it would have, it would be music because I spent like, I want to say 10 to 12 years like chasing music. And music is a real personal thing where you write a song in hopes that the whole world will love it. So the gratification to have like a hit song as a musician would be the dream. But I think that ship has sailed, to be honest. That's why I've kind of pivoted and focus more on like acting and started to do stand-up comedy. Nice. Well, you know, um, you know, it's a hypothetical question, but I think it's probably going to be a blend of all of the things that it, that's what's going to do it for you. I'll take anything at this point, Mary. I'm desperate. I'm getting crazy <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> so I'll just share like with our listeners. I met Jay Rand in LA. We were at Flappers uh, doing stand-up comedy and you were, you had your keyboard you uh, were doing like a, uh, you were doing musical comedy, and it was so funny. And so we talked afterwards. We connected. Um, what? So, do you live in Florida, or are you? In, were you just visiting LA? What's going on there? No, I I moved to LA in January, and I was just starting to get like settled. I got representation. I felt like I was getting comfortable with the city, and I got I booked on a commercial to shoot this National Burger King commercial right before Corona happened and the commercial, if you've seen it, I, I'm, I'm the guy that says like, we're not, we're thinking about you. So you don't have to think about yourself. We're Burger King. Come get a Whopper. Um, I flew back to Florida to shoot that, but I was only supposed to be here for like two days. And my mom was like, stay another week, stay another week. And then a week turned into two weeks, turned into two months. And I've been on my mom's couch for two months. Like I'm 19 years old again. Oh my gosh. Okay, wait a second. Did Burger King know Corona was going to happen, or did they change their commercial? 
You know, it was, it's pretty eerie that they, this is March, I want to say like 5th or 6th, and you know, this is before we were all quarantined, this is like right when the news was starting to get some crazy stories about Corona, but we didn't really think it was going to shut down America, and when I got the phone call, I was kind of like, oh, a Corona commercial? Uh, okay. Oh. So it's almost like they had like the tip on like, this is going to hit, we're going to do it, because they were like one of the first commercials that came out. Wow. That is fantastic. That's uh, not fantastic. That's fascinating. Um, Because, yeah, I went to, I live in Phoenix, and I went to L.A. for a week to kind of, uh, you know, do comedy, kind of meet up with people that I've met around the country and and do their shows. And so when I got home after that week, which it was a fantastic week, then I started seeing you on the TV, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I know him. (laughs) And that was really cool. Like, who doesn't want to be in a national commercial? I mean, the funny thing is a lot of people ask me, like, hey, bro, do you work at Burger King? I'm like, no, I don't work there, but I guess I kind of do now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I saw your Instagram live show where you had the woman who was in the commercial, and she's, like, a beautiful actress model. And I'm like, she would never work at Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We actually, uh, on the IG Lab, we, we actually, I gave her different lines to say instead of the Burger King lines. That was so funny. Remind me, what was one of the craziest lines as a tagline for Burger King? So I think the original line is, uh, let us take care of you while you're taking care of yourself. And then I say, why don't you say, let us take care of you while you gain 15 pounds in quarantine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, how fun. (laughs) So I thought that was really cool. And um, yeah, and that's running for a while. Like, it's not really going anywhere, is it? Well, let's hope, because uh, that's how I stay employed. Because if not, I'm going to be... be in trouble here with this whole corona <laughs> <laughs> well you were able to get some wings so that we could feature the wings on the show today what kind of wings did you get Jarian? okay so uh do you guys have Publix where you're from because this is from a, a grocery store called Publix here in florida i don't think no you have- that is so florida though did i tell you i used to live in florida for three years where, where'd you live i lived in brandon near tampa oh bradenton no brandon florida it's like a little of suburb of Tampa. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, my, my father lives on the West Coast. My father actually lives in Bradenton. What part of Florida are you in? I'm in um, Delray Beach, so South Florida. Nice. Oh, that is the cool part where all the hot people are. No, just... My mom lives in a 55 and up community, and um, it's been pretty ratchet here, to be honest. There was a neighbor downstairs that threatened to throw a rock through the window... I had to go downstairs and threaten her husband. It's been, it's been chaos here in Florida. Florida always lives up to Florida. Is it because she's housing a minor? And when I say minor, <laughs> I mean young adult. Um, no, it's um, she's had like a beef with this other lady, old lady downstairs. And it's like over like the trees. And I guess the homeowners oh. association cut the trees down. And it was like so much drama. And the lady was like cursing up a storm at my mom and... I became very protective, and I went downstairs and did a very Florida thing and threatened the husband, and it was it was anything I could expect being back home. Wow, drama. Good thing she has you. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I am here to do this. You could break that guy's other hip. Let's do it. <laughs> um, that is Florida. Yeah, it is a little wacky there, isn't it? So you got your wings from Publix. Is this like in the, like, hot dish section or did you tell me a little bit about those wings so they uh 
I got them at like actually they didn't have any made, so they actually had to make these. They're they're fried, they're lightly fried, and I got some barbecue sauce because I I like I like really sweet wings. I'm a big like honey mustard fan oh. or honey mustard barbecue or even teriyaki. Or I'm not a big fan of spicy wings, but I will for conversational purposes eat like super hot just for like a laugh. <laughs> That's the comedian slash entertainer in you. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So you got them pretty fresh. If you ask, you know, if they fried them up for you right there, um, that's fantastic. We're going to have, this This is going to be the Publix Wings episodes, which I've never had. You know, we've done a hundred lemon pepper or honey hot, but never a Publix barbecue. Oh, yeah. They're, the barbecue sauce here, too, is like, it's like super sweet. So I hate to say it tastes like dessert, but it's very sugary, which I love, like, something with a really good sugar taste. So these are super sweet. I love them. Nice. Okay. So you're a wing fan. Would you eat wings anyway, even if we weren't doing a podcast about wings? Yeah. So I'm definitely like a social restaurant hanger out or like I would love to go like watch sports or watch a fight and order wings and drink a beer. That would be uh, my go to for like a wing, um, a wing date with my buddies. Yeah. Oh, that. yeah, that sounds perfect. I think everybody wishes they could do that right now. Um, let's get into your wing constitution a little bit. This is something that like I invented. It's a few questions just to figure out how you like your wings. Because what I found is that everybody can be kind of particular, you know? So you said you like barbecue. You like them a little sweet. When it comes to the actual, do you like the, uh, the wing or the drummy or the drummy or the flat we call it? Oh, I like the wing for sure. You're, you're flat then, right? I'm a, I'm a flat man. Yeah, the drum sometimes just gets a little bit, uh, gets a little complicated with like, yeah, it's just a little rough, but I'm, I'm a wing guy. <laughs> so it sounds like you like a sauced wing versus a dry rub. Is that true? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you dip them in anything? Do you do ranch or blue cheese? I don't. I'm actually dipping these barbecue wings in extra barbecue sauce. Okay, so no ranch or blue cheese, but just lots of sauce. No, um, I no ranch or blue cheese. I'm actually... Um, highly allergic to dairy. I've never had milk, cheese, pizza. That's another story. What? Oh, you poor thing. Maybe. Yeah, so I'm not lactose intolerant. I'm just like, I was the weird kid growing up. Like, why can't Josh have pizza? And why does he have a hot dog? And we don't have a hot dog. So it was always confusing at like birthday parties. The pizza thing makes me so sad. <laughs> yes, it's depressing, right? I, I, I will say, like, if for some reason I do get corona, I'm just going to tell the doctor, can I have a cheese pizza and a glass of milk? It's over. <laughs> and an EpiPen. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, do you do celery or carrots with your wings? I do carrots. I like carrots. Yeah. What about, how many wings could you eat? Like, you're hungry, you're hanging out. What's, what do you, what's your number? What's your ideal number? And then what's your push, like, limit number? I mean, I probably would do, like, 10 in a social atmosphere, but, like, when you say limit, I'm super competitive. Like, is this, like, a competition to, like, win something? I would probably, like, eat till I throw up. Like, I'm super competitive. So that would be how many wings, then, to win the contest? I mean, does that even sound like maybe 25 wings? Okay, yeah, there we go, there we go, Okay. <laughs> Um, have you always been super competitive? This is, this is kind of interesting. Oh. oh, yeah. I was, um, I would, like, play Little League. I, I played in Little League World Series as a kid. I would cry, like, <laughs> if we lost, and I was, I'm, yeah. 
too competitive. That's good though. It keeps it keeps you like driving you forward, you know. I mean, even when we met at the the comedy show, like we were we were what were we doing auditioning for flappers? Yeah. And, like, it's it's always a competition. You're always sizing everybody up. Like that person will never work. That person's good. That person's trash. You know, you're, it's competition. Yeah, but we don't say it out loud, Josh. <laughs> yeah, but, of course it. Well, you know, I mean, it's funny. Like you and I connected because like. Uh, I find you as an anomaly because most comedians aren't friendly because it is competition. Everyone's like not friendly to each other. It's like, why not? We're all different. Like, yeah. So thanks for that. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. People do get surprised when I like try to talk to them and, and be friends with them. And I'm not like a big weirdo or anything, but I, I, I tell myself often, I'm like, there is room for all of us. Like you're like a, 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 you're a musical comedian, you have your perspective, you have your experience, and then there's me, you know, I mean, we're, we're completely different, and um, so... I have, a, I have a theory, though. The nicer comedians are the ones that have co- futures in comedy, because they're actually good. The ones that are more standoffish are usually not the good comedians. That's my theory. That's a really good theory. I heard, you know what, I love that you say that. Thank you for that. I I heard somebody say that about a comic that I really love, and he's, like, super nice, and he's super funny and well-respected, and somebody goes, oh, yeah, I met him once, and uh, he was just so nice, and he said something really complimentary, and then I was like, oh, it's because he's good. Like, he's just, he's not fronting, <laughs> or, you know, like, yeah. there's nothing to, like, like be threatened about, but he's, yeah. he's really nice. Good? That's a big aha right there for people, like. I find that even in like music and entertainment, like the more talented, they're usually the nice, nicer people because they're not threatened. But everyone else who's like threatened, they're probably just not good. That's my theory. Yeah. And also, like you wouldn't even want to be around those people anyway if you're gonna be that. Like, like for me, I'm like, you know, I just want to go do my time. I want to perform. I want to make people happy, and then I want to get off stage and like hang out and talk. <laughs> so, Same. Yeah, that was, it's funny because that was like the quickest show, you know, we got like three or four minutes, but yet we connected, I mean, I connected with a a good amount of people, oh, and I'll tell you this, I hope I'm not being annoying, but like, like I said, I went to NoHo to do shows all week, but I'm only, I'm like five years into comedy, to stand up, and it was cool because everywhere I went, almost, I knew somebody. Oh, that's Um, awesome. Yeah, and I remember in my first year, too, you know, not really knowing anybody even around here, but I was able to call, you know, there was <laughs> there was people that I did festivals with the prior weekend that I ran into, and last year, and it's just like, hey, guys, and then you'll, you know, so if you go places and you make friends, you'll always have friends. Did you, did you actually go to the comedy store and try to get on, like, the potluck, or? No, I, have you ever done that? I mean, I did it, I did it only twice but I, I never got on it it's like an experience there's literally like 300 comedians put their name in a hat in hopes to get 20 20 people get picked so i th- okay honestly i was intimidated i was um i was also working from home during the week so i was only available at like from like five after okay. um so i imagine with that you have to get down there early and like sit in line right i mean in theory so i mean i got there at like 3.30, I was probably, like, one of the first 10 people there, but oh. people that came in at the end, you all stand in line, and I guess, quote-unquote, we all get a fair shot, sign your name, so as long as you're there by, like, 5.45, 6, okay. you can you can sign up and put your name in that. 
you know, maybe next time. Because, I mean, I, I am kicking myself a little bit. And then I also wanted to just go to a show there. And then I was going to do that. And then they put me on a show at the HaHa. Ha, and I was like, you know what, Mary? You came here to perform comedy, not necessarily watch a show. Like, I was just intimidated, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get on. I literally just waited. And I had my keyboard in hand and stand and walked back to my car humbly. Oh, you know, that, I do remember you in that keyboard. Like, you're very serious. You're like, I'm setting up my equipment. This is my equipment. I have a job to do. My name is Jay Rand. <laughs> I, you know, at Flappers, because there was nobody there on stage. I didn't know who to talk to. Like, can I set this, even set this up? So I just walked up and just set it up like I worked there. I was like, who is this fucker? Just and people were asking me, like, hey, what time does the show start? And I just acted like I worked there. I was like, oh, we'll start in 20 minutes. Don't worry, kids. You know, sometimes you just gotta fake it till you make it or take charge. Yeah. Everyone is looking for somebody to follow. <laughs> they had amazing chocolate chip cookies at Flappers, I'll tell you. They do. I've had them too. Yeah, those were, and then I got to share them because I couldn't eat eight of them. I did. I did a virtual show for Flappers oh, last yeah. week. How was that? I hated the experience of being virtual really? and doing a stand-up show, quote yeah. unquote. Huh. Hopefully we won't have to do that too much longer. I, I haven't really done a virtual show, but nobody's asked. And I've thought about pursuing it. And then I was like, hey, I could produce my own show. Like, the, the, Just do your own show. Just go live on your own and yeah. just work on material. Maybe get a headliner to do it and then get a couple friends. I don't know. But then, so, so what I did was, you know what? I'm going to lean into my podcast because... It's it can be done virtually, I pretty much. So I'm not gonna try to force this other thing. Yeah, of course. Okay, so you told me, and I still think this is the most coolest, fascinating thing. You were in a boy band. How long okay. ago? Tell me about this boy band, because you were pretty famous. Okay, I'll be, okay, but in retrospect, it's Germany, which is the size of Florida. Um, so I I was in so. My career started in my late teens, and I was in a boy group in Germany that wasn't successful. But I did live in Germany when I was like 19 to 20-ish um, for this other group in Germany. And then that went south. And then I had like a, a an almost famous solo career. And then two years ago, uh, two and a, three years ago, we lasted for a year and a half, I was put in this group in Germany. They put together this group of like... Uh, two boys from America and then three boys from Britain and we did this tour all over Germany uh, that was successful for a year and a half called Boy Bands Forever and we were like the boy band of Germany and this was like in 2018 oh dang so it was okay so it was more recent too yeah that the boy band was recent did you move to Germany for music or were you already there did you get discovered there like how did that happen no it was it was it was pretty cool where the you know 10 years before that the boy band that failed, someone who was a part of that company was was part of this new project. And he called me. I was in Florida. And he said, hey, would you want to come to London in two days? We're putting together this group and we haven't found the fifth member. And I think he would fit. And I'm like, really? A boy band? Like, I'm in my late 20s now. Like, he's like, yeah, I think it'll be perfect. <laughs> he's like, no one will know. And uh, I flew to London, and I thought I completely bombed the audition, and I got a call two days later, and they're like, we need you in Germany in two weeks. And then I, for from 2017 to like late 2018, I lived in Germany. Do you speak German? I mean, I say things like, 
I'm probably going to botch this now, anyone who's listening, if they are German, but I would always say, like, Un jetzt will ich euch feiern sehen, which means, like, hey, who came to party? That's so rad. No, you know, I know you keep, you're very humbled. You keep saying, like, oh, it was in Germany, but, like, that's not nothing. And if you think about, like, I think about all my friends, my comic friends, and everybody's trying to have that break, that have that thing. Like, again, who wouldn't want to be in a national commercial or be famous in Germany? Like, because I'm, I'm not famous here yet, you know? Like, that's, I think it's a really fascinating kind of subset. No, of- it, was, it was the most out-of-body experience and the greatest job I've ever had because... What the show was, was we did a lot of covers, and the whole show was based around, like, the 90s, and so the crowd that would come was, like, wanting to relive, like, the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and the boy bands from UK, so we did this two-and-a-half-hour show in front of 2,000 people every night. Yeah. And it it was almost like I instantly got to pretend I was in the Backstreet Boys. It was was the best job ever. Yeah. Yeah. What was the craziest thing that happened to you? Like, did, did you have, like girls acting crazy and doing crazy things and like so i so we like every boy band we all have like the the archetypes of the group and i they they made me play the boy next door like the nice boy that you'd want to take home to mom so i wasn't like sought after as like the sex symbol i was sought after as like i want to be his friend he's so nice let's be his friend that's really Uh, good though I think the craziest thing that happened was, so I was, I was always obsessed when we would come into a new city to just go for a jog or like to see the city before the show, just to like get my yeah. mind off of being in front of a lot of people. And, uh, a bunch of times I would get lost. It was kind of a thing. I would leave my phone. And I would not remember where I'm at. I'm like, Oh God, I don't know where I'm at. And I'd have to ask somebody who didn't speak good English. Like I'm trying to get back to your arena. I don't know where it is. Oh my gosh. That's scary. You could have been kidnapped. Yeah, no, you know, I, you know, being from America, I mean, of course, like Germany was known for being very terrible back in the day, but they're so nice and helpful there. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. um, how much time like did you have to put into like learning the routine to like practice and because it seems like that's uh, boy bands had a lot of work. They danced. They it sang. was it was a it was a five week rehearsal period. Um, I, I think that's what I miss about it was like, especially with this whole Corona thing is a lot of times we're trying to figure out what to do. It was so militant where we had like, rehe- like 10, 10 to 12 hour rehearsals every day for five weeks. And, uh, once we learned the tour, um, cause what would happen is we would do a tour for like three months and then come home for like a month and then go back to tour again. And then we would just come back for like 14 days, to, like freshen up. But that first initial, um, learning the tour, it was like five weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they bl- and they, they gave us, like, all new looks. Like, I remember I got the phone call. They're like, hey, you're going to you're going to have to go blonde, Josh. You're going to be the blonde of the group. I'm like, damn it. Really? Like, you're going to be the blonde, and you're going to have to wear diamond earrings. <laughs> what is it about Florida and boy bands? Because all of those came out of Florida. Well, okay, the, the, the history behind it is it was a man named Lou Perlman who mm-hmm. owned a... Uh, uh, an, uh, like a private um, airplane company called Transcontinental Records and he saw the success of New Kids on the Block and he was like I can do that and he was in Orlando so he kind of started like 
what we would call like the Motown of boy bands in Orlando in the late 90s. And a lot of it was pulled from the Mickey Mouse Club, I remember. Yeah, because Mickey Mouse Club shot in Orlando. Yeah. I was upset. So that is kind of more my generation. Like I was younger watching it only when we had a Disney free preview because Disney was not always a free cable channel. But watching the Mickey Mouse Club was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, they're so cool. And then then that show just turned out so many stars. It's insane that one season with, um, I mean, Ryan Gosling, Justin Timberlake, yep. Casey Chazé. It was uh, it's kind of it's crazy because, you know, it wasn't like Disney made them famous. Because like you said, Disney was a, a private channel you had to pay for. Yeah. So it wasn't this free channel that the whole world could see. You know what it was? I think because I, I study this in my brain. Um, okay. They just had star quality. They knew who to pick. And, you know, and you could tell, like, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears back then, and Carrie Russell, which was, like, a couple seasons later, they just had it. Like, when you looked at them, you're like, oh, they're going to be big. And, like, yeah. some of them weren't even great singers, but, like, they might have been a good dancer, or they just had star quality. Who is your favorite boy band, since we're talking about boy bands? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think I was more of an in-sync person, um, and, and I wasn't... Like, I didn't, like, crave, go crazy over boy bands. Like, I was more in the, um, around that, because I graduated high school in 96, so it was more about the grunge era, and then boy bands came later. So I was a little past it, but I do like um, NSYNC. But I have been lucky enough now to go, um, I've seen New Kids on the Block, like, two or three times in these reunion tours, and they are so much fun, Everyone's 40, but, you know, so am I. I think they're older. I think they're 50s. They might be in their 50s now. They're probably getting towards 50, but, like, all the women and everybody in the crowd, it's like, everyone's like, we got to go take care of our kids. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've also seen, like, 98 Degrees. Those are fun shows. Like, um, I think I saw 98 Degrees, Boys to Men. I love Boys to Men. It's funny. We you, uh, Our show in Germany, we opened up the show with Step by Step by New Kids on the Block. Oh, that's a good one. That is good. If you ever want to research it, the, the, you just, just type it on YouTube, Boy Bands Forever. Okay, yeah. And I'm sure people listening will do that too because they're like, who is this guy? I got to see this. Boy Bands <laughs> Forever on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. No, I think it's uh, everybody's, you know, it's just something on your resume and a skill and a talent that you have. That's so cool. Um, so you've been doing stand-up. Are you doing musical comedy stand-up or like – are you doing both? Do you do a set without music or just primarily music? Yeah, I do both. Um, I started doing the keyboard because I felt like the path of least resistance was to have like some sort of like like niche that stood out. So I noticed when I started doing like musical comedy, people remembered me more. Like, oh, we'll book the guy with the keyboard. We don't know his name, but the guy with the keyboard. Yeah. Um, but you know, my, my ultimate dream um, is obviously to be like a like a late night variety show host, which mm-hmm. might be ten years from now. But that's like my dream is to be like a Fallon or a Kimmel or something like that. Yeah, no, that's totally cool. You gotta put that out there, and then it'll happen. Put on the universe. I get excited when I see somebody's got a keyboard. Like I love Craig Robinson. I think Adam, yes. Adam Ray does some stuff with the keyboard. Um, but it's like you got to do it well, and you do. Like you've got the pipes, you know how to play it. Um, then it's like the real deal. The song you did at Flappers was really funny. I, yeah, I, actually, the Booker Flappers didn't like it, but the song was called. Uh, it was it was it was about double standards on how girls can uh, 
hook up with girls and then why can't guys hook up with guys and it's okay but that's it's, gross you, you right? suck one d and you're gay for life that was the uh the, the, <laughs> the whole song premise that was so funny <laughs> did he book you for a show like in the next week or two after that yeah, yeah I, I did the thing and then what i was kind of upset about is they booked me for like the main room in april to do like 15 minutes oh. so i was like this is my moment yeah and then corona corona happened so um yeah, they and I, I can I, I like their process, you know, I like what they're doing because it's really good for somebody like us or people yeah. are getting started. So they booked me for the next weekend um, and I was like, oh, crap, you know, I'm going back home. But I was like, Mary, this is why you came out here this week, right, was to to get opportunities. So I flew back the next weekend for like five minutes for a five minute wow. set um, in the side room. Um, See, I do the same thing. The side room, the the Yoo-Hoo room, or the the, the and, boom boom room. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, and in the main room was Taylor Tomlinson, and I've opened for her twice here in Phoenix. Like I, like <laughs> I was like, yeah. Normally, I'm I'm opening for you for all weekends at the Improv here in Phoenix in Tempe. Oh my gosh! And now I'm just like over here, like hey. No, just kidding. I didn't see her. They don't. They don't let us get that close. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is like I wasn't aware that there was two rooms. So when I showed up, because I invited a bunch of friends, I was like, "Of course, I'm in this small room." Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we couldn't even stand in the room because it was too small, and it was so cold that day. And I was like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, but that's okay. I don't regret it, especially now that. Haven't done comedy in a little while, you know? Same, yeah. I was getting worried. I was like, Mary, should you use... Because I use, like, my time off at work to do comedy and, and my own funds a lot of the times. And I was like, Mary, you're, you're doing too much in the beginning of the year. You know, wait, because you don't know what's going to happen later in the year. And apparently that was the right decision because it all just stopped. How do you feel about doing, like, maybe, like, America's Got Talent for you? Something like that. Um, I would... Um, Actually, I know one of the casting uh, directors. She's really great. I've submitted, and she's given me feedback. So I've kind of learned you go through a casting person. You don't have to go to, like, an open audition. Yeah. Um, But you've got to give them what they're looking for and really specific. I'm not used to that. You might be pretty good at that, like – I, well, I mean, not to. Uh, I was actually on America's Got Talent with a different boy band. This was in 2016 or 17. Oh, really? We were a comedic group that we were called Five Alive. We had a little run on AGT. That's so awesome! Oh but, my, um, did you ever make it to enough, air? And it made it to air? Oh, yeah, we had a big spike on air. It was, uh, it was pretty wild. Um, what, what Five Alive did was, is we were. We could sing, so we performed like a real boy band. But if you ever look us up, we all lied that we were teenage boys. <laughs> but we were we were trying to be like this comedic boy group. But the problem is, is they thought we were teenage boys, so they didn't get the joke. They were like, "Oh, here's these teenage boys. That's a boy band." <laughs> and ATT tried to push us as this this like the new One Direction. And once they found out that we were lying, I think they got kind of pissed that we kind of like pulled one over on them, and then they took us off the show. Oh my gosh! So scandalous, Josh. You and know yeah. what? But you've got that sweet AGT credit. It is true. For a comic, I feel like that's huge. I like the way I'm telling you. And then you need to work with a casting agent. You already know this stuff, 
job, John. <laughs> well, I was asking you because, okay, even though AGT might have got really pissed at me in the group, um, I built a relationship there, and I've been working in casting for AGT and American Idol ever since. So oh, okay. I think someone like you, they might like you, you know? Yeah, thanks so much. Okay, I'll send you my tape. Um, I Yeah, I just need to um, just, you know, you know, what's cr- you know what trips me out? is, you know, sometimes people want a five-minute set, and sometimes they want a two-minute set, and sometimes they want a 45-second clip. And it's like yeah. you have to start being more intentional when you perform uh, so that you can edit. Like, one thing i got to stop doing is, like, when I'm done with a joke, I need to stop and pause so that I can edit into the next joke. I think a show like that, though, AGT, for a comedian, I think it's about, number one, being clean. But a lot of times it's about coming in there, your X factor, not to be too punny, with it is is what your, what's your story like yeah. like Mar- mary's a comedian that also has one leg i mean yeah. not to be too crass but that's what like sells tv yeah yeah i would i could dig deep i would feel bad about exploiting my family but i probably would for fame and fortune but that's, that's what they want yeah i have a good idea for that we'll talk offline <laughs> okay Oh my cool. gosh, this is so fascinating. And that, by the way, this is why it's good to connect with people because you don't even know, you know? Like, yeah. And it's like, we have a few friends in common, which I thought was really cool, but like, I didn't know you were on AGT. And like, you know, there's my friends and, and people who, who follow me who produce are going to be like, who's that guy? Like, you can just really expand your web. And I think that's so smart. Yeah. Heck, well, we, re- we reconnect. What'd you say? What is it? Six degrees of separate. The Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation. Or? Yeah, <laughs> I love that game. <laughs> no, we reconnected because I was bored and I tagged you in a post because I was so excited. I saw your commercial and you're like, "Hey, want to do my show?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I do." <laughs> of course, yeah. And then then you said you want to do my show. I'm like, "Duh, let's eat some wings." <laughs> All right, so you are also an actor. Tell me about yeah. that. Like, have you had a lot of acting gigs and like what's What's up yeah, with that? so so um, you know, Florida used to be a, um, have a lot of series and movies that were shot here up until like seven years ago because of the tax breaks. But when when a movie or show would come here, I was I got really lucky where I'd book like a guest star. I booked a guest star on like the show Burn Notice and the show Glades. And in the beginning, I would just I would just play like I always book bad guys, the villains. Really? Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I booked. I did a movie called Spring Breakers that shot here with Selena Gomez, James Franco. You're in that. I'm in that. I saw that. I'm the I'm I, I play so there's a scene with the girls go to like a, a frat party and I'm the leader of the frat. I'm in a jock strap. I'm basically right. naked and I'm like making out with the girls, drinking, throwing things, screaming everybody. So I have a little five minute scene in Spring Breakers. Oh my gosh, hold on. I'm tripping out right now. That movie was so bad and good. Like it it, it made me uncomfortable, but then I couldn't stop watching it. It's a director, though. He, you know, Harmony Corinne, he directed the movie Kids. Remember Kids? Yes, that movie stayed with me, too. Yeah, that's that's the same director. Okay, so, oh, my God. I love, I love that um, I know all of the things that you're saying, and, like, these are things I've watched throughout the years, and, the, like, the, yeah, I love entertainment. I have a funny story from Shooting Spring Breakers. I was a... Uh, I, I get on the set and like I'm really nervous because I'm like oh my god there's so many like celebrities here like I feel like such a fish out of water so I try on this jock strap that's what I'm wearing in the scene and then they, they told me to go back to my trailer which is like just right around the corner so I'm walking back in the jock strap and I walk up the stairs and I slip and fall and I hit my arm 
and you know who taps me on the shoulder and goes are you okay it was selena gomez <gasps> oh my god and i'm my my butt's out i'm like oh yeah i'm i'm fine <laughs> oh nice to meet you it was so embarrassing um she- they were clever with her in that movie because she went home first, and so she didn't really have to do anything that was, especially at the time, she had the squeak, really squeaky clean. I was like, yeah. so that worked out well for her. You know what scene just really stayed with me, and I just don't get it, was when they're in the convertible, and then the, those other people pull up, and they shoot into the car, and it gets the girl in the arm. And I'm like, oh, yeah. That could have shot you in the head. Like, what? But everybody was just so chill, like, oh, girl, you got shot in the arm. You gotta go home. But, like, that could have easily have been a kill shot. 100%. Oh. James James Franco was really good in that, too. He he really played that part. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. He's good. Do you have any other, like, hidden gems you're not telling me about that I didn't know? Like, this is fa- amazing. Do you, want, do you want, what do you want? Do you want scandal? Do you want gems? Do you want story? Like, <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me some inspiration. I got, I got whatever. Oh, just a, well... I, I'm starting a, um, a YouTube page, and I'm gonna. The show's called The Shit Show with Jay Rand, and I'm gonna do like three, four minutes uh, bits about um, crazy stories that's happened to me throughout my career because my whole career has been a shit show. <laughs> That'll be so much fun to watch. I love yeah. little insider kind of like tips and uh, little stories. Um, well, my first, my first acting job. We talked about this before we started. Um, is that what you're, you want me to talk? Getting yeah. Into this what story? happened on your okay. first acting job? So. I just really basically got off doing the boy band, the first film boy band in Germany. And I, I went to like an acting school. I took some classes and thought I was an actor. And I went on an audition for a show on Showtime. The show was called Beach Heat Miami. And I had an audition and then they called my agent. And my agent goes, hey, Josh, they want to book you for 10 episodes as one of the leads. And I go, really? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, man, acting is so easy. This is like, God, I got a lead role. Like. And um, the third, I think it was like the second or third day on set, because, you know, we, we read that there were like love scenes in the show, but it was pitched to us like, it's going to be like Californication, we're going to be on at 9pm on Showtime. But once I got on set, I was like, oh my god, this is a softcore porn. <laughs> this is like so sketchy and steamy. It ended up being on like on every Thursday, like midnight. <laughs> They're like, 9, it, 9 p.m. Pacific. <laughs> and so the premise of the show, it was like in the vein of like watching Baywatch, but then it would just break into like a, a, an awkward sex scene. It was so bad. That's so funny. So bad. Hey, it's a credit. It's a TV credit. I'm thinking about myself and all the comics I know who would just kill for a TV credit right now. Or like... <laughs> I, I, I don't ever talk about that one because it's like, I don't know if it's taboo, like especially with casting and stuff, but it's one of the funniest stories. Like, for for a whole summer, I worked on a softcore porn set. <laughs> they weren't interested in your acting. They just wanted to make sure you were waxed. <laughs> I, I literally think I was just probably the only person that didn't say no. And they're like, well, this guy kind of fits the role. Like, he doesn't say no. And I was just so stupid that I didn't realize what it was. Oh, my God. Don't sell yourself <laughs> short. You got that chiseled jaw. They're like, this is exactly who we want. <laughs> He's perfect, but I got in my contract that I have to wear whitey tighties in every scene, so I never showed crack. Nice. Okay, that'll keep you, that keeps you on the up and up with all the LA casting, right? Like, yep. 
Oh, that's great. How did you get into entertainment? Like, at what age? And, like, did your mom really support that? Like, how did that happen at what age? Um, no. My family has no ties to entertainment. My father was, like, a boxer, and I was always into sports. And I blame it on one of my best friends. He came to me one day. We were 16, and he's like, hey, man, there's this radio station looking for a band. Let's put a boy band together. And I'm like... No, man, I'm not going to do that. It's so stupid. And he convinced me to do it. And ever since then, I've had a failed boy band career, and I blame him. He's a comic, too, from Florida now. His name is Nadine. But, um, yeah, if he didn't come to my house and convince me to be in a boy band, I would have never started this journey of entertainment. And around what year? When was that? I was 16. This is... Oh. Man. Were you always good at music then? Like, I mean, when did you... No, like I was tone deaf. I wasn't a good what? singer. How how I got into it was the first the first band that got signed to Germany. I was like the rapper of the group. <laughs> I would I would just rap. I think they just liked my energy, so I was just like, that's what I could just. I don't know. I guess I was a ham, but um, I basically learned. I got such such great um, training in that first group that that's how I really learned how to sing was being in the group. Wow. Did you ever feel like, oh, no, I'm not supposed to be here? Or were you more like, hey, I can do this. I'm going to work hard and I can do this. Uh, well, I don't think I, I never feel like I, I, I didn't belong. I, I always had like the mindset of like, because I always came from like a sports background where if you work really hard and train hard, you're going to be the best. And I always had luck in sports. Um, so I kind of look at it, looked at, it at entertainment as like a craft. Like if I work hard at it, I'm just going to obviously be the best because how hard can that be? That's how it works. That is here great. I am, here I am 15 years later still with that dumb mindset like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> it is happening though. Like it, yeah. it really is. And that's why I feel like, so what, you know, when you told me about Germany and all that, and I'm thinking like, hmm, Mary, would you, if you could get all the things that you wanted and you could perform in front of a sold out theater every night, but it, it's not in your home country, like, would you do it? And it's like, of course, you know, like that's, you only need a couple hundred people a night, kind of, yeah. right? Like it does, I don't care who those people are to be really. It's, it's, I mean, I was definitely, especially this last tour I did with the Boy Bands Forever to- show tour, um, I was terrified to go and it was probably to this day the best experience of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. No, that's good. And I think that like, I think it's a good message is that you, you can work hard you know, if you've got some of the other things, like just the willingness and the, the oomph, and then work hard, and the things will, will come together. And be nice to work with, like we talked about, yeah. right? That's, I've gotten a lot of opportunities that way, I think. Yeah, it's a business where, you know, pe- people help you make it, so it's, it's really like your network of, you know, really shows how, that's where I'm going. Fantastic. Sorry, I'm, I'm distracted. My mother's like walking through the kitchen right now. <laughs> that's okay. Hi, Sorry. Mom. She's great. Go back. She, Go back to your room, Rose. No! She's one of my favorite parts about your Instagram show. Um, tell us about your Instagram show real quick. Where, When can we find that on Instagram Live? Well, I was debating today after today's show. I'm like, I don't know if the time slot's right. I used to do it at 11.30. Now I do it at 9 p.m. Um, it's 9 p.m. on my, my IG. And uh, I do it for myself also because it, it gets me... Because I start off the show with like a monologue, like a traditional comment, like a show would be in... I wake up in the morning, read the headlines, and I write some jokes off the headlines, and then I interview two guests and uh, try to get to know them. 
because I feel like a good host is more about the actual uh, person. So I, the cool thing is too is I, I learn things about people that are acquaintances. You know, get yeah. To know. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's like your goal is to be a late night talk show host. So start now, yeah. right? Good. Start small, you know? Well, yeah, just do it wherever you are, right? Of course. Um, fantastic. J-Ran, it's been so great to talk to you and learn more about you. you Where too. can people follow you and like you and all of that stuff? They can follow me at Publix. I go to Publix every day here in Florida. No. Um, <laughs> they can follow me at anywhere anywhere from TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at jrandofficial. At jrandofficial. I like it. Yeah. Hey, once this uh, quarantine and COVID is over, what do you want? What do you want in the next one to three years? What are your hopes and dreams? Oh, one to three years? Um, I think I'm just looking for that... Uh, I, I would love to get on a show that that lasts for more than two months, like something that becomes like a like a steady job, which is so unrealistic because that's what being an actor is. But uh, I'd like to get find myself hosting some sort of game show or start, you know, yeah, Price is Right type of thing. Absolutely. Are you gonna go back to LA when this is over? I think I'm gonna go back to LA end of this month. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay, well, and you shall have it. Just put it out there, and it will happen. Um, you as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jay Rand. Everybody go follow him. Thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in during the quarantine, and always. Uh, we'll see you next time on Wings with Friends. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.